We're in Luke 18, and we're down to the close of this chapter, and and <clears throat> Jesus heals a, a blind a blind man, and we'll read the from verse 18, uh, chapter 18, verse 35, down through the close of the chapter. And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace, but he cried so much the more. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith has saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people when they saw it, and gave praise unto God. So that's our portion of our text that we're looking at today. And Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and he's passing through uh, Jericho, the cursed city. And and here's this blind man begging and and... We have here another display of Jesus fulfilling the scriptures in the giving of sight to a blind beggar. And, you know, we we read so many miracles and we just go through and it's kind of like uh, as Norm's going through uh, Numbers and Zechariah and Malachi. And you just sometimes you just sort of speed read these things, say, oh, yeah, it's just another miracle and and move on, you know, and and. Uh, we can view it like that or as just another miracle or we can as we we kind of learned in a one of our previous lessons called launch into the deep where Jesus told the disciples to throw their net over the side and launch into the deep and get ready for a big haul and we discovered that that meant more than just throw your physical net in the deep water it had a great spiritual meaning that that the the things of Christ are more are more deep, more expansive than we can ever imagine, and and that's what we find in in this text too, as as we kind of delve into it and and we start looking at the meanings of some of the words that were very interesting, and and how in our modern parlance they just kind of lose some of the meaning, they lose some of the context and what's trying to be conveyed here from the Lord. And yet, even though, even if we had those words defined to us, we're like that blind man. If, if we're not given eyes to see, we, they're just words on a page. They're just, uh, they're nothing to us. So, but what we find, we look, you know, the more we look for grace in Christ, the more we find. And, and we discover that, like in another lesson we had, it's like the rainbow. It's infinite in its spectrum. It just there's just no end to it. And Jesus is always giving us what we didn't see or didn't expect. And and we we had that application in in Luke four eighteen where 
the Lord was in the synagogue and they he took that scroll and opened it up and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Luke 4.18 And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. And just Isn't that amazing? He says he's sent to preach deliverance to declare the gospel. That's the 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 method there uh, <clears throat> to preach deliverance to the captives who all their lives were in bondage to sin and to preach recovering of sight to the blind who all their lives were blind to spiritual things and couldn't see them and although those those people would be the first to stand up and say I'm not blind <laughs> I'm not blind and and yet we find so many times that that it's just emblematic of our spiritual condition. And who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And he said, "Well, no, but neither one. He was he was born this way so that the power of God would be manifest in him, and 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 it was for God's purposes. And and so we see that in the scriptures. And this it's interesting that if we look closely at this scripture in our text today." <clears throat> The miracle involves the new birth. The guy, the man says, he says, what would you have me do? And he says, that I may receive my sight. And and he said, okay, thy faith has saved thee. Not thy faith has given you sight. Thy faith has saved you. And And we learned that faith is total reliance on Christ for salvation. And if we substitute that definition... The scriptures just make so much sense. Thy, thy total reliance on Christ for salvation has saved you. Nothing, the blind man could do nothing to create his own sight. The blind man could do nothing to improve his condition. He was totally reliant on Christ to to take care of that for him, and that's what what's emphasized so strongly in these in these uh, scriptures that we look at. <clears throat> Thy faith has saved thee. And and we, we'll look at a couple other... I think there's three or four times in Luke where that same phrase is is, is uh, delivered by the Lord. <clears throat> in another miracle of sight that we looked at here just very recently was in John chapter 9 <clears throat> that we discussed in the, the lesson that Christ took the abuses of us in in our place and in particular we looked at how the Lord took being spitted on you remember that lesson he, he said the son of man goeth as it is written of him and he'll be arrested or delivered betrayed mocked spitted upon scourged and killed and we we looked at that and and how he turned it into such a wonderful display of grace for another blind man by spitting in the dirt, spitting on the ground and making that clay and anointing that man's eyes. You know, Hawker, Hawker noted in his, uh, in his uh, commentary on that that this was likened to the new creation in Christ. And we didn't really spend much time on that in the last lesson, but I thought we might explore that a little bit as we look at this another instance of 
a man being born again. <clears throat> and as we look at the old, uh, the, the scriptures in, in, Luke, or in John chapter 9 and compare them to the Old Testament, things become, uh, they, they become so clear. In John chapter 9 verse 1, as Jesus passed by, <clears throat> and isn't that what the opening of this text says? Jesus was passing through Jericho. And in John 9, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. You know, and just represents our condition again from from birth is spiritual blindness, and we're unable to see, know, or understand, or believe God. And in in John three, said, "Unless a man be born again, can't see the kingdom of God." And it's just so. That's just such a valid scripture. It just tells so much, and it just it just hinges everything on it. Unless you're born again, you can't see anything. We're separated by God, separated from God by sin. There's a great gulf between us that exists when we're in our natural state. We're at enmity with Him. We're dead in sins and trespasses. So and back to John chapter 9, verse 6. And when He had thus spoken, He, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And He anointed the eyes of that blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And he went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. Now, if we look back to the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, and Norm kind of uh, circled around this a little bit Wednesday night in his uh, lesson. And God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him male and female created he them he was the originator of them he was the creator of them and and as we look at genesis it kind of gives you the summary of things and and then in chapter 2 kind of gives more detail on different aspects of that creation and john or genesis 2 7 the lord god formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And we find in the new birth, that's just what happens. And uh, this term ground is translated from the, this Hebrew word afar, and is, is dust, and this dust is the powdered or gray residue from clay or earth or mud. It's what the Strong says that is. It's it's clay that's been dry and hard and turned into dust and a man he formed man out of that dust and and breathed into him the the breath of life and so back to we when we go back to our text in John here and where he spat on the ground in John 9:6 the term ground is defined by Strong's concordance in the Greek as uh Chemiah, and it's an adverb, and uh, Strong says it's an adverb that's per- perhaps the from the base of another Greek word chasma <clears throat> through the idea of a fissure in the soil. Chasm. That's where we get the word chasm. When my brother and I used to play golf down Hood River, we had to hit across this canyon. <laughs> and we were not that successful at it, so we used to call it the chasm of doom. 
chasm of lost golf balls. <clears throat> but anyway, that's what that that's where that word ground. He spit into that that fissure. He spit into that chasm. And and that's the same word that we find that that's the same word that's translated ground here in John chapter nine verse six. It's the same word that we find in Luke sixteen twenty six where he said, Besides us, all this there between you and us, there's a great gulf, a great chasm fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, and neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. So it's the same same kind of word and and you know nothing can remedy that except the new birth in Christ. <clears throat> it it says in Second Corinthians five seventeen, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Or creation is actually what that that word is. New uh, creature is defined as an original formation. It just doesn't mean a new animal or something like that. It means a new original formation, the object or thing created, manufactured, formed. <clears throat> Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And so when the Lord spits in that chasm, that that is kind of a typical picture of the, the results of the fall of sin and all the calamity that that, that brings forth. <clears throat> and he spits in that, the the very same thing that they used as a thing of contempt against him, he takes that and spits in that chasm and makes that clay, anoints that man's eyes, makes a new creation out of him, a new formation, and says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. All Behold, all things become new. And as a result, this blind man, blind from birth, came away seeing... What a picture. What a, and, and you just dig into things just a little bit, you know, and below the surface, and we find that, that there's always something more. The, the, the Lord delivers so much more than, than what we see on the surface. <clears throat> uh, it's just uh, unfathomable. Uh, I think somebody the other day was just saying, I just, it's what David said in, in the Old Testament. He says, when I think about that in the night watches, it's just too wonderful. I can't, I cannot comprehend it. I just, it's just too much for me. And and so, what a picture! This great gulf spitting into the fissure, making clay, causing a new creation. And and in our text today in Luke eighteen thirty five, the Lord completes this mighty work with with just a word. <clears throat> and even those words are of themselves. Revealing and very interesting. The blind man, who in similar fashion to the uh, publican that we looked at earlier in chapter 18, who smote on his heart and said, God have mercy on me, the, the sinner. He said he couldn't even raise so much as his eyes up to heaven. That's He was under that, that work of the Holy Spirit and he cried out for mercy. O son of David, have mercy on me, the sinner. Verse 40 tells us that the Lord God Almighty commanded him to be brought to him. 
And we just see so many pictures of that in the Old Testament, like David causing Mephibosheth to be brought to him, and those images of Christ uh, causing his people to come to him. Blessed in Psalms, it says, "Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to approach unto thee." Uh, he commanded him to be brought unto him. And he says in verse 41 of our text today in Luke 18, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And you know you know, the Holy Spirit is at work here because the scriptures say we don't even know how to pray as we ought. <laughs> we, we just don't. We don't even know what to ask for. <clears throat> but he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith has saved thee. What an interesting way that that's, that's uh, worked around there. That He doesn't say, okay, you can see now. Go thy way. He says, thy faith has saved thee. Thy total reliance on Christ has saved thee. How blessed is it that one who's, who's blind is commanded to approach the Savior and asking that he might look up. And then is commanded... Up to look, because that's what that really—that's what that word means. When it says "receive thy sight," that's these two words in the Greek that—that that the two root words of it are "up to look." Up to look, and he says, "May I look up?" And the Lord says, "Look up. <laughs> thy total reliance in Christ has saved thee." How blessed is that, that he's commanded to do that and then the Lord blesses him. Look up and see. And You know, unless a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. He can't see Christ. And that publican in his former state who couldn't so much as lift up his eyes to heaven, says that man went away justified. That man went away able to look up and see Christ. Thy faith, thy total reliance on Christ has saved thee, not just enabled one to see physically, but saved thee and caused you to see the kingdom of God. By grace are you saved through faith, and and that's not of yourself. We always mention that verse from Ephesians uh, 2.8.9. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Again, that blind man could no more do anything to recover his sight or believe or see or do anything uh, he was totally unable uh, which is kind of the point of the of the lesson there and you know it's the same thing that he said to that woman that washed his feet with tears in Luke uh, chapter 7 verse 50 and they and again it's kind of the same story you know they they criticized her why are you letting her do that? You know, and, and this blind man that came up to him said, "Thou son of David, have mercy on me." They said, "Get away, get away, you blind old beggar! <laughs> We're trying to do something here." <laughs> and yet he was the very one that that the Lord passed that way to see. And we're going to see that again in the next chapter, where he, on his going through Jericho, he stops by to see Zacchaeus. He says, "I must." dwell in thy house today he had an appointment with him he had an appointment with this blind beggar and yet those around him were trying to say 
you know, we have, you're not who we're here to see. <laughs> we're here to see important folks or different folks, not you, not you sinners, not you blind people. So, <clears throat> and, and then he said to the same, this woman in, in Luke eight forty eight who had the issue of blood and she had to press through a mighty crowd to get up to him and just touch the hem of his garment. And he says, he felt power go to her and he said, thy faith has saved thee. Thy total, thy total, she totally relied on Christ to be able to take care of her issue because that's why she pushed through such a large crowd just to be able to touch the hem of his garment because she, she knew she'd been brought to know that that was where the help was. That was where she could go for the relief from her issue. And in the last chapter that we were in, in Luke chapter 17, he healed these 10 lepers. And they they all said, well, that was nice. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) And yet one of them turned around and gave praise to God. And to that man, he says, where are the nine? He says, thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. The rest of them had to go back to the law and take care of all the issues in the law. But this man says, be free. <laughs> thy faith has saved thee. So we see that we see that phrase used a lot by the Lord, but I think it just loses a lot when we... Because faith has become, in religion of nowadays, has become to be something that you develop on your own through trial and error and experience. Well, I've had so many trials that it's just building my faith, and I I have a lot more faith now than, than I used to have, and it's all based on self-performance kind of a thing. But he says, you little faiths, by grace are you saved through faith, and, and that not, you don't even have that of yourselves. How much plainer could that be? And and so whatever faith we have, as Norm brought, brought out here lately and continually, is whatever faith, whatever amount, whatever quantity, whatever quality of faith we have is the faith that's been given to us. And we don't live by that faith. We live by the faith of Christ. <laughs> we live by the faith of Him who is faithful and dependable and able and and not, not based on us because we just fail continually because <clears throat> our faith is malleable from day to day. And, but <clears throat> He is ever faithful. <clears throat> so... We see this, thy faith has saved thee, not just given you sight physically, but given you spiritual sight, whereby you can look at me truly as you did and say, thou son of David, have mercy on me and, and expect him to have mercy. And, <clears throat> and he said, thy faith has saved thee. So in our closing verse, in verse 43, it says, immediately he received his sight. And followed him, glorifying God. You know, he he was giving from the the second that happened, he was giving God the the praise. 
He was actually doing it before because he called him, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Be compassionate to me, have mercy on me. And he gave God the, the glory, not himself, saying, Well, if I hadn't got up early this morning and caned my way over to the gate by Jericho and found myself a likely spot to sit there where everybody's going to pass by, I would never have seen him. And if I hadn't asked those guys what was all the ruckus about, they wouldn't have told me that Jesus of Nazareth was going by. And so I got up and I went to him and said, Ba ba ba. You just see all that. He, he gave glory to God. God put me where God put me in the way. And that, isn't that what He does with us? He puts us in the way where we will intersect with the gospel of the Lord, with the gospel of Christ. He puts us in the way on purpose, connects us, and then He makes it effectual uh, in a way that we could never expect or comprehend. Uh, and so he, he glorified God and all the people when they saw it gave praise to God because they saw a mighty work and they said, who can do this except God be with him? Who can do that? Can, has anybody ever given sight? That's what they said to that guy in John. Has anybody ever given sight to one that's been blind from birth? And they said, nope. But again, you have those two factors in, in John. You had the people that said, well, we need to get rid of him before he does anything else. And the people that said, what a, what a miracle of grace. And it's so important for us to realize that, that it's God that, that does all this and... Uh, Norm brought this uh, scripture out from Deuteronomy here a few weeks ago. And here we've had the, the opposite of this applied here in this text in Luke 18 where the, the Lord gave him certain things. But in, in Deuteronomy, when he's talking about those children in the wilderness, he said in Deuteronomy 29.4, says, Yet the Lord hath not given you a heart to perceive, eyes to see, and ears to hear. He didn't give you any of those things. And what was the result? They died in unbelief in the wilderness. They died in unbelief. They could not cure themselves. They couldn't give themselves eyes to see the very Lord that was brought them out of Egypt, the very Lord that appeared to them by fire and by cloud and fed them that caused their clothes not to wear out in 40 years, that supplied their water, their every need. <clears throat> they couldn't see him because he didn't give them a heart to see. He didn't give them a heart to perceive. He didn't give them an understanding, ears to hear unto this day. So, we're just going to close by saying, Lord, just have mercy on us and give us hearts to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear this day, which is kind of a composite prayer between Deuteronomy 29 and Luke 18. So <laughs> pray, give God the praise for when he, when he gives someone eyes to see and a heart to know him. So until next time, my friends, be free.